seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 170 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Jaquan Watson, and for a magical 170 episodes. I still got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? <laughs> a magical 170 episodes. There you it go. is, dude. Like, I mean, 170, that's that's, that's a, a long lot. time. That's yeah. more than three years straight. Like, right. That's crazy. The fact that we've made it this far. This is awesome. That's longer than a lot of popular TV shows, especially the British type where they purposely try to get out before they've overstayed their welcome. That's you know I gotta admit I love and hate that about British television, because like you don't get those like terrible endings that just let you down and finales or whatever, but then sometimes you don't get quite enough closure either, and I think I'd rather have just a bad finale than than the lack of closure. No, I think never will really show me this. You always want to leave them wanting more. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm like just. Just give me a wrap up, so I'm not wondering. That's all. Better to, and I, I think they they wrap up. It's just you know they they get out before you know. It, it's kind of like real life. Everything isn't always neat. You know like that is the, fair. The Sopranos ending. What, what happened? What's going on? Well, I think he's he's finally been browbeaten into admitting that Tony died at the end. Yeah. Hey, did you see that? I guess they're they they're bringing Quantum Leap back. Or it's back. Bring it back. Yeah. yeah it's, and. That's just like a weird thing to come back like whatever was that 30 years later? Well, it's uh, so many people are doing that now. They're talking about, you know, now that uh now that uh the guy that played Data in the Goonies is uh is is having a career renaissance. They're talking about remaking the Goonies. Oh man, don't. Don't. There's so many things are after now, 30 years. You know? I would be okay with the Goonies if we did it as them as adults. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I think they're talking about doing. Like their kids it's not, discover not a something. Reboot. Like it's a sequel. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Like maybe two or three of them have kids and they discover something and they got to get the adults involved and you yeah. know, like that I could do. I think I think I'd be all right with that. But hell, people were still, I guess, bothered by getting a new Ghostbusters. So who the hell knows? I think what happened with them was like if they had to, they just totally restarted it, which is weird. Why would you take a property that already has an established fan base and then just? Start the whole thing over. That was the part that was weird to me. Fair, fair. I like the the, the way they did with the last one. Like, yeah, okay, we realize the old guys are old, <laughs> but so we're gonna have the, the next generation of Ghostbusters get started, so they can pass the torch to them. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I don't know. I I just think that stuff's kind of interesting, you know, especially with something like Quantum Leap because it sort of wrapped things up, but left like an open ended thing. Of just like the dude still out there leaping, trying to and, solve. And you talk about stuff that didn't stick the landing. They misspelled the main character's I know. name in the final episode. They, you could tell NBC was just like, "Yeah, we're done here. We were just no, you know, no closure." Yeah, I would rather have a British TV show ending than that. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that made that bad, if I think if they'd have rolled that up one episode and deleted one from that season, they could have given you enough closure there. Because remember, toward the very end. He was just now able to like leap as himself, which was like yeah. a big deal. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then we're just like, nope, we got the other dude home, but we don't know how to get his self back. And it's just weird. Like, so yeah, it was, it was weird, weird ending. 
But anyway, hey, if y'all haven't seen Quantum Leap, maybe go watch it. It was actually a pretty cool show. Pretty much ask anybody who's like 35 plus. Yep. They probably watched some Quantum Leap growing up at some point. <laughs> and speaking of your type of Ghostbusters, Ernie Hudson is in the new Quantum Leap as a character that Stan, I think Sam leapt into him at some point in the first series. Oh, dude, that's a random throwback. Yeah. Like, that's cool. You so never they, know, they, man. They wanted to have that connection, and I think uh, they weren't probably weren't able to get uh, Scott Bagley, because I want to say he's still on like NCIS, I think New Orleans, I think is the one he's doing. Dude, I don't know. NCIS and Law and Order have like eight spinoffs. I yeah. I couldn't tell you who's on what, honestly. But I would I would understand if he wouldn't want to leave an NCIS to you know go do Quantum Leap, which has already been canceled on him once. I get it, you know. Oh sure, but if you're on any of those types of shows, there's a chance you're going to get to show up on one of the other ones later. Like if you're a character oh, yeah. people like, even if they shut down that one, mm-hmm. you can show up elsewhere. Right. <laughs> See, so, yeah, I totally understand why he wouldn't want to leave there and go. He, I mean, I think he's open to possibly appearing on it at some point, maybe. But no, I wouldn't. Which, I by wouldn't the way, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, I had a thing just go through my head. This was a couple of years ago. I'm sitting there flipping channels or something, and I, and I see uh, Law & Order SVU, which is the good Law & Order. But I saw a character, and I guess he was like the assistant DA or something, whatever. And I was like, oh, crap. Last time I saw this dude, he was just like a detective. And then I had the realization of this show has been on so long that people have had real life careers in the TV show. Like they have actually had normal job progression (laughs) from like beat cop to like assistant DA or whatever. I'm like, damn, this show has been on TV for a long ass time. (laughs) So good on them, man. Keeping something running that long. And the original is coming back, I guess, primarily to break Gunsmoke's record. So yeah, now they're going to reboot Gunsmoke, I'm sure. I see this happening. That's so dumb. I mean, you know, WWE still holds on to being the longest-running episodic show on television. Twice between, like, Raw and SmackDown. So th- there's always going to be something, I guess. But yeah, let's... Give some love to our show sponsor before we get into all the goods. Man, we have a lot of lot of touchy topics to talk about this week. Uh, but you can pay some love to our friends over at Cardsphere.com. They are a great place to go buy, sell, trade magic cards. Big supporters of up-and-coming magic content creators. They even have articles and stuff on their site. If you didn't know, if you want to get some insight on just things going on, some upcoming stuff, some different formats, there's some very decent writers over there. You should go check them out. And... I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the only place I know of where you can literally name your price to do business on the cards that you want. So go check them out over at cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic. And you can be part of some giveaways like David Ray and Scott Ware. Thank you all so much for being supporters. And your stuff is already in the mail. You should probably be seeing it in the next uh, two or three days because I got it into the mail yesterday. And finally, if you want to get some neat little trinkets with our likenesses and show logo and you want to support us when you're out in the world, check out colorofmtg.com slash shop. And now it's time to get into some business. <clears throat> all right. All right. This, this is like a real rabble-rousing thing this week. If you are in any way a wrestling fan... And honestly, I would even say to some extent a sports fan. 
this is something to maybe pay attention to because for those of you who don't know, there's a, I believe it's, it's the uh, Saudi public something, but it's an organization that has a very large amount of funds. Uh, to my understanding, it's a like multiple hundred billion that they are backed by and finance for to, I guess, acquire things and make money for the Saudis. And they already own, to my understanding, well, they know the golf tour, if you hadn't heard anything about that, that's trying to compete with the PGA. There's, uh, they own, I think, a soccer team or a soccer club, I should say. So like a few different things that they already have their hands in a lot of stuff. So that's just bringing that up, because if you are an NFL fan, no doubt if they do expand the stuff in Europe, pretty sure they'd want to try to buy a football team, <laughs> like be part of the league. But to that end, there has been a questionable relationship. I say questionable because of how people view it uh, between this organization and the Saudi prince and WWE for, I think, goes back to 2014 was the first time they, they did an event there. So it's been a, been a few years, eight, eight or nine years that this has been a thing. And now I believe their latest agreement is worth $100 million a year and gets them at least two shows there, I think. Because uh, they have Crown Jewel and they usually do one other one there. But I've heard they're trying to make it three, or were trying to make it three before Vince was ousted and all that stuff went down. Well, in interesting news, Mr. McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, if you will, came back because he still owns 81% shares, but he was no longer the... It no longer in a position of power within the company because he had to step away because of sexual assault allegations and all this stuff. Well, he decided he wanted to exercise his 81% and put himself and a couple of his bros back on the, the board and oust a couple of folks because that's where it works. If you get more people on board, you got to get rid of other people. Cue the no chance. Exactly. But you're walking through the boardroom just like that. Yep. You're fired. Right? Like, but here's an interesting issue with this whole thing is that one, one of the people he ousted was one of the people that was part of the investigation into him and these allegations. So already not going to sit well with a lot of people. The other is that the understanding was he was coming in to try to, I guess, oversee or negotiate a sale of the company. Now, there's a lot of other things going on because I believe their TV legal rights aren't even up until next year, and it's all kinds of things. So even if a purchase happened, there's a, there's a bunch of boxes to check. However, uh, what I guess I would say like 48 hours after we got that news, it came out that there's suspicion that he may be making a deal with this Saudi organization, which could ultimately be a very big purchase and a very big deal, but... Everybody kind of has to pump their brakes a bit because there's already a bunch of legalese you have to go through because part of the deal would also have to take the deal private or the company private again because right now it's publicly traded. So there's a bunch of stuff you have to do with contacting shareholders or stuff with the SEC. Blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of things you got to do before you can even make the sale happen. So that's already going to be issue one. But because of his initial thing of just trying to strong arm his power, which he may not actually have legally according to the state of Delaware where the company is registered, there's now a clash action lawsuit from a bunch of the shareholders against Vince McMahon. So that's going to all have to be dealt with before all this other stuff even goes through. By the way, a bunch of people don't know this, but a bunch of companies do actually register in states that are not the home state for the company. 
And one of the thing reasons they register in Delaware, I believe, is because, well, one, because of tax implications, but you can also have certain names on and off your documentations that you don't necessarily have to do in other states. So I believe it's Delaware and a handful of other states. But when you hear about companies being registered in Delaware, but they're like, I don't know, in like Montana, and you're like, why is that a thing? That's why. There's random legal stuff and loopholes and whatever to protect identities and different things that make it a thing to do. So anyway, interesting fact if you didn't know. But yeah, so the biggest problem though is that if this deal were to go through, one, childhood's getting crushed. You know what I mean? Like if you've been watching wrestling since you were five years old, 10 years old, whatever, things would change drastically because there's a bunch of wrestlers that already can't do the Saudi shows because some of them have the wrong nationality. Some of them are, are gay and lesbian, you know, so that's not welcome there. So there, there's a lot of problems already. So if that became, they became full owners. I mean, there's a bunch of employees, not even just superstars. I mean, probably a lot of employees that just are no longer employed, I imagine, which is crazy to think about, but probably a thing. And you don't really want that to happen to anybody. So that's already an issue. And then I would say the WWE, for as much as they got wrong for several years, promoting women in the women's division has been one of the better things they've done. And when we see those crown jewel shows, women still can't wrestle there without being in full body suits and having a t-shirt or something over in a lot of cases. Cause there's like, like you literally can't even mess up to show side boob. You know what I mean? Like that. So I'm pretty sure the women's division would end up getting, I wouldn't say removed probably, but would be severely stripped down in the amount of TV time they got and angles they could be involved in. I bet you that would have to have a whole overhaul. So you're talking about the quality being brought down and a lot of people losing opportunity, and that that would just suck. Now, admittedly, competitors like AEW probably love this news. I mean, like, admittedly, I I I, I think that's probably good for them. But again, I think that initial class action lawsuit is still gonna hold everything up. And even if anything came of it, you're still taught probably talking four to six months before anything went down just because of all the legalese around it. But yeah, it's crazy news to hear though, man. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you don't want to see anybody lose their job. You don't want to see anybody's fun get taken away. But I do think there's implications outside of just wrestling if they do get a foothold on, I guess we want to call it American entertainment. Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing, you know, like you talked about the uh, – their version of the PGA Tour, which is basically, you know, sports washing. Yeah. And and I I think that's a good point you bring up. People don't really know that they've been using some of this to kind of uh, look like a nicer brand, if you will, to say like, oh, no, look, we're doing all these positive things and we're bringing money into the area and and we're doing this for travel and, and we're getting us on the map and, you know, and get you to focus on all these positive things to kind of like ignore all these other human rights violations. And, you know, we talked about it before, all the recent stuff that happened with, with the world cup, right. That was already a thing, you know, and they did a lot to try to, now granted they were way more overt trying to cover some of it up, (laughs) but, but they were trying to cover it up. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, man. It it was interesting news to see kind of develop through the night last night uh, and kind of see people's opinion this morning. But as of now, there's nothing official. 
it's a lot of rumor. A lot of the people I, I would follow or look up news on to verify have said outright they haven't been able to confirm some confirm anything. They're people they've talked to. If they if there is news, they don't know about it yet. So there's a lot of developing around it, but it's something as a wrestling fan, I'll definitely keep eyes on. But just as a American entertainment and sports fan, I will also have some interest in it because uh, could change the landscape pretty significantly if that were to happen. But all right, that was kind of a lot from my side. So I'm, I'm going to just step down and give you some time. Yeah, my topic is so so uh, soft and, and fluffy by comparison. No, not really. Uh, as you may have seen, Hogwarts Legacy, the upcoming uh, Harry Potter th- universe game, has apparently jumped to near the top of Steam sales chart. I think it had, uh, about number five uh, at, at the time we're taping this, which is kind of an an unheard of rank for a property that really hit or for a, a game that this is the first game in the series. We at this point have no idea if it's going to be any good. Cause I don't know that any previous Harry Potter game that has come out is really, you know, really uh, lit up the charts. I, I don't know of any Harry Potter games are considered to be even passable, let alone good. I think what is happening here is there's a, Obviously, there's been a bunch of protesting because of J.K. Rowling's uh, views uh, views on transgender people. So, and, and also the controversy about the well, the, the goblins that are some pretty bad anti-Semitic caricatures. So, you know, all of that has been going on. So, there's been protests, and I, this to me feels like you know a serious counter protest. People say, "Oh, well, you're not going to tell me what to play. I'm going to pre-order this game that may or may not be any good." Before it comes out, so that appears to be where we are right now. Listen, I've not seen sales like this for a game that we at this point know so little about. You really, from what I've seen of the previews, nothing has jumped up. We say, "Oh yeah, this is something that even if even if you're into Harry Potter, so you should just go out and order immediately." But that's uh, you know, usually when we do these, I have some uh, some idea, some action I, I want you to take in the way of doing. Some, I, I I don't know what to tell you to do <laughs> about <laughs> about J.K. Rowling at this point. I don't because it's clear Warner Brothers is going to be in the Harry Potter business. They are in desperate need. We've talked about all the problems Warner Brothers ha- is having with their franchises. Harry Potter is a profitable thing for them. They're not backing off. They're, they're going to keep making Harry Potter things unless, you know, unless J.K. Rowling you know, like goes out and does a murder spree or something. They're going to stay in business with her. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that for sure at this point. You know, the one thing I would say, like, I don't mind talking about it here on the show because we're covering a bit of news and it is in a top five position. And, you know, it, it warrants having news to- talked about it. But I'm a big believer in just. Don't go sharing it. Don't put it back on people's radar. Don't post about it on Twitter. Don't, you know, all you're going to do is put it in front of the people who want to be those folks to make a counter protest or want to show you how wrong you are or whatever. And you're just going to prop it up for more money. You know what I mean? These, as crazy as it sounds that people are doing that, people are like, no, that's not the reason people are buying it, whatever. Like, understand that we're only, what, three weeks removed from people buying reused artwork with Trump's face on it for $99. Right. Like, I mean, 
not not trying to insult the the right or whatever, but like this is a fact. Like, not even original art, just reused art with his face slapped on it. People paid ninety nine dollars for pixels of that. <laughs> like so, you know, not a surprise that people went out and spent whatever it is thirty five dollars, forty dollars on a new game or whatever on Steam or whatever, right? Like, if they're, I mean, you hell, you at least get something more out of the game. It's. Uh, I, I think this is the first time I've seen it, and I've been covering oh, video yeah. games for a minute. I'm not saying this is normal behavior by any stretch. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> but I do think because because I've told people before, like people ask why I wasn't talking more about it, why I wasn't covering it because we had the show. I said like because I'm not giving it press until it makes sense. Like there's no point constantly bringing it up and putting it on people's radar. Because all you're going to do is remind people like, oh, yeah, that's coming out. Or, oh, yeah, let me check this out. Or, oh, yeah, okay. F those, I don't know, trans folks or whatever. I'm, I'm going to go buy this game. Right? Like, there's no need. There's just no need. And like I said, I don't mind talking about it now because, I mean, it's about to release. It's, there's already been stories covered on it. Like you said, it's a, it's a top five on Steam charts. It, it's newsworthy now, you know. But it, but it's tough. Uh because Warner Brothers owns a lot of things. Yeah. You know, to you, this isn't, this is kind of like I talked about before. In my household, we, we don't support Nestle because they literally want to take water away from people, which is insane. But you have to be careful because Nestle owns a lot of things. Right. Like there are a lot of products when we go shopping that we're like, ah, I can't have that. Or oh, that looks so good. And it's like, ah, that's one of those brands. Right. Like that happens a lot. And, that's and so I guess, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, your, your wife is probably okay with this. Sounds like this is a family thing. That y'all oh, do. Yeah. 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 Like we, my whole, like we are animal people, a borderline environmentalist, I guess in yeah. some ways, you know, uh, a lot of our friends are zookeepers or involved with animal practice stuff. You know, my wife's a falconer. So like anything that has to do with that stuff, you know, we're, we're on board. Yeah. And it's, it's an effort, man. And we're waiting we, for the Daquan and Marianne TV show because it's just all kinds of just oh by the way my wife's a falconer yeah dude like my my life is not real I mean I tell people that all the time it is it probably I probably would be interesting on on that type of reality show for sure she she wouldn't handle it she hates cameras period so there, there's no way that would ever happen but yeah it's I, it's funny you mentioned because you know when I talk about Chick Fil A in my house I find myself being the only person that cares so i shut up and we eat the chicken yeah and sometimes it's just not worth the fight like if, if you can't win the fight and in your house you know you're out number four to one yeah right like you, you, so what you the four if people are visiting well exactly you know, so so what do you do right you've said your 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 two cents you try to help uh whatever like you at least made the protest and you tried <laughs> that's all you can do but when it's something like warner brothers i mean they own a lot of entertainment. Like you would have to cut out a bunch of stuff, random TV shows, a bunch of movies, hell, a bunch of properties. Like, cause they own like DC and stuff. Although at the rate they're going, <laughs> well, <that's true. laughs> it may, it may not after a while, but you know, and they have a lot of projects with like HBO and some of these other networks, right? Like it's like, it's tough, man. It's tough. So I, you can at least, if you want to show support, you can at least not support the game and, and the license. But it, I mean, I, if, if you can, I guess, avoid some Warner Brothers stuff. But man, that, that's the harder part of that, I think. It, it's very difficult. And I, and I get why people have the idea of like, ah, I want to 
boycott and whatever, and then they just can't sometimes. I mean, because the difference for me is when I, you know, I grew up in a really small town. So if the grocery stores we went to only carried select brands of things, I would be very limited on my choices. So I, I would get if somebody couldn't hold up their end, unless they wanted to order every single thing online and pay more or whatever, you know, like it, it'd be tough. And that assumes you're financially able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because you might have to go into the store and use an EBT card or something or whatever. Whereas now I live in a place where, hell, I can get all kinds of random international brands. So I don't have to necessarily care about that. Like it sucks when there is a cool looking thing and I'm like, oh, those pizzas are going to be sweet. And then I pick them up and they're like, oh, it's one of these brands. Never mind. And put it back in the freezer. Right. <laughs> like, But there's always another good one right next to it. Right. I don't have to worry about that. So. As much as you want to tell people to outright protest things, it's tough. But in this case, I mean, if you if, here, here's what I'll say about this. And I know some people are going to be mad and people say whatever. But like. If you support your friends and the cause. I you, there's no real justification here for playing this game. There's really just not like so far. There's I, and don't be wrong. I'm not saying if the game was the most amazing thing ever that it would justify it, but. There's nothing so far that's shown that it's even mediocre, much less great. So, like, I don't know if you're just saying, like, because, like, I, I got to have Harry Potter everything or whatever. You know, I don't I don't know what the logic is for you. Even if you didn't care about the social issue related to it, I don't know why you'd want to play the game right now, to be honest. Now, what I guess, what do you recommend for content creators to do? Because, like, we talked about, you know, maybe not talking about it, but it's risen to the point where, from a news standpoint, it had to be talked no, no, about. No. And that I understand. Like, if it's just hit that level of being newsworthy in the cycle, cool. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't mind it right now. But to just keep discussing it or somebody doing a video about a thing or whatever and bringing it up constantly on your social media, I'm not going to do all that. Because I just, I just don't believe in giving it the extra press that's necessary. They're not doing anything more at this point. So, like, they've made the game. That's the news. You know, like, it is selling. That is the news. Beyond that, there's nothing else to talk about. Now, if we found out the developers were taking the money they, they made and donated it to a problematic cause or something, okay, now we got news again. But until then, like, there's, there's no need putting it back on people's radar. This is probably all we really need to do on it unless something else well no i mean when it comes out somebody's gonna have to review it if you for example i write for i'm talking about us on the show now if you review it and you find out they put some crazy stuff in the game then like yeah let's talk about it you know what i mean but because this is one of those i think probably the first one that's happened since i've been with tilt magazine slash goomba stomp where they're gonna say hey, we need somebody to review this game. And a bunch of people are probably going to step backward because of, you know, all the controversy. Agreed. So, I mean, I have no Unfortunately, somebody has to. And at this point, I can't say it won't be me. I have the most experience and then the most experience in, you know, just regular journalism, not game journalism. So, yeah, this this is a thing that could fall into my lap. But at that point, there's there's review. There's, you know, any other news stories that crop up. There's just Yeah, and I have no problem with that. I'm I'm more referencing the people that are just it seems like some of them are talking about it once or twice a week on socials, and I'm just like, you just keep stirring it back up. Just let it do what it's gonna do and then wither out. 
Because I have a feeling it's going to be one of those games after it releases 30 days later, no one's going to say nothing about it. Because it ain't going to be I, I, At first, that's exactly what I thought. But then to see people buy it, and again, I'm, you know, speculating that people are buying it just as a form of counter-protest. Oh, yeah. I, so I at this point, good. what... What's to, what's to stop them from, even if the game turns out to be terrible, somebody could just open the game, leave Steam running, and then say, hey, look, it's got 10 million hours played this month. That that might be the case. Actually, we'll see. I don't know if that's likely. But I get what you're saying, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I'd like it to go away, but at this point, I'm... I, I, again, would like to think that if it comes out and turns out to be terrible, as I largely suspect then it it dies a ignoble death but i, I don't know it's just the, the things people will do you know to to agitate people it, it blows my mind sometimes yep i think i'm just leaning back on the side of just like don't feed the trolls <laughs> like i think that's where i'm at just on so many things even politically or whatever like when there's news sure let's do it but like i'm not talking about it just to talk about it anymore but that does bring us to an interesting set of discussions here. Because you know what time it is. We got to tell everybody what we learned last week, what we found out, and do we have anything interesting to share this week? All right. Uh, find this under, uh, I guess, uh, Brian was right. <laughs> uh, there are multiple sources now reporting that the NFL did attempt to start last week's game between the Bills and the Bengals. And just basically, you know, it was came down from the office. Hey, we're going to restart this. And the football players like, no, we're we're not doing that. And then just, you know, you can't really start a game without the football players. <laughs> if you could, the NFL probably would have. <laughs> but you can't. So they did. Fair. It, I mean, and now we're even learning, you know, just, you know, human beings are going to human being. Even the narrative, you know, that that everybody was most concerned about DeMar Hamlin's safety. That's, you know, that, that that that's something everybody will say and agree. I don't even say everybody, but people on the field try to protect their image will at least say and agree to that while he's in the hospital fighting for his life. Now that he's at home and is hopefully going to be okay, we're also hearing that the Bengals didn't even know the game was going to get canceled. They left the field thinking, "Well, we'll pick this up tomorrow." Wednesday, whenever. Apparently, several Bengals have said it was never their intention to end the game completely. They just figured we weren't playing any more football tonight. And then when the Bills jumped on the plane and left Cincinnati, they realized, oh, wait, this really is canceled. We're not playing this anymore. Yeah, that is a little different because I, I not being in their shoes, that that's a hard one to, to really even have an opinion on. Like, because I and, think you know, I, I do understand, you know, because people like you know the players' health is, is the most important thing. Yeah, obviously it is, but you and I don't have contracts, and maybe you get yeah. an extra five hundred thousand dollars if you catch X number of passes, run for X number of yards. You, it's it's one thing, you know, to say when it doesn't cost you anything, but if uh, missing this game costs you a half a million, and and you probably have a different opinion. Hey, not even just half a million. There was dudes playing last week that if they caught like three passes, that was going to be an extra like million and a half dollars. Right. You know, if you got 50 more yards, that's another million dollars on your contract. So like, I'm not saying somebody's life has a number on it, but like, 
there is the like, okay, we normally, after an injury, we get back to playing football. Like we just went through COVID, right? And we had games like we talked about last week, almost every day of the week trying to make up those COVID games. So I get how the players might be like, eh, okay, we're going to, we're not going to finish tonight, but maybe we'll play on Wednesday, <laughs> you know? And then it just didn't happen. We decided we were just going to cancel it all together. And now we've seen players out there basically showing their hole behind. Uh, Joe yeah. Mixon did a a coin flip touchdown celebration because since the game didn't get played, apparently some of the playoff seedings and things will be determined by coin flip. And then somebody, I believe for the Steelers, did a CPR touchdown celebration. Yeah, that was cold. Like, I and just and they tried to say, oh, it had nothing to do with DeMar Hamlin. Why were you doing it then? Yeah, even if it didn't, like, you, you know, you got to read the room, man. Like, bad right? timing, right? Bad timing. And then somebody, you know, of all, you should obviously never hit anybody that's not a part of the game. One of the Packers hit one of the Detroit Lions trainers. You think if there's, you think if trainers were free from getting a, a physically assaulted for one week, you would have figured last week would be the week. And unfortunately, you'd be wrong. The crazy thing about that is even in real time, like, because the trainer kind of comes up, nudges him out the way. I could almost see how your immediate reaction is, it's another football player and you push him. But then he still kind of continues after that. Yeah. You know, after he sees who it is. That was my problem with it. The initial reaction I get, you're kind of heightened, it's a ball game. Like, I get it. But then after that, it's like, dude, your boys had to step in and be like, bruh, it's a trainer. Like, you know, like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? And then he got ejected, right? Yeah, and exactly. He earned that one. But yeah, it's it's a crazy time, you know. And and we see it all the time, right? When there's a tragedy or something happens, everybody's amped up and everybody kind of unifies to get through the issue. But then once we're kind of like past the danger zone, mm. all of a sudden everybody's back to normal like nothing happened. You know, it's like, hey, come on. Now, great news on Demar Hamlin. He made made a call to the to the boys back in Buffalo and yep. like surprised him with a Zoom call, and then he, he got released and got sent home. Apparently, all on his own, no issues right now. So, like, that's good. So, I mean, maybe he will be back to playing football in a year's time. Who knows? That, that that's scary to think about. It's wild. Like, I mean. It's it's a it's a unique situation, man. It it is crazy, but yeah, I I, I don't fault the players in either case. Saying like, hey, we're not going to play any more football tonight. I think that's totally reasonable. I also don't fault the Bengals for assuming, okay, well, we're not playing tonight, but we'll finish at some point. <laughs> you know, like, and and I will say that to now again, you know, if the NFL tried to force them to play, they are definitely in the wrong, and I agree to that. They did try to come up with some reasonable solutions last week, saying like, hey, what if we just cancel the game? If both of these teams win that would have had potential first round by, we'll have to figure out a way to do it. Whether we go to figure another tiebreaker, we do a coin flip. They did say even if both those teams met in the conference finals, they'll probably play at a neutral site was an interesting idea, since it wouldn't be fair for either one of them just to get a coin flip home field advantage when they were both equal records and one of them didn't get to play a game. It's like, all right, cool. Then we'll just let you play wherever. So, I mean, but again, I think they had practice, again, from the COVID years, how to just deal with all this stuff. You know, we've also had issues where, I think it happened this year, actually, where Buffalo got whatever it was, like a couple of feet of snow over the course of a couple of hours. And they were like, yeah, we can't play football there this week. We're going to do it. I think they did it in Detroit or something and played the game there. So, I mean, it's not like this type of stuff 
doesn't have at least some level of precedent as far as setting up games and, and other sites. But yeah, the players acting out and whatever this week after all that was was pretty tough. Since you brought up with Detroit, did you see Jamal? You know how they have the players introduce myself. Hey, Jim Smith, Ohio State University, whatever. Did you see Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions? No. He came on there in a full like Naruto uh, headpiece or whatever, and announced himself as Swag Koskeje, leader from the leader of the Hidden Village of the Dead. <laughs> That's messed up. Like, yeah. There's been a few times some dudes have have gotten a little swaggy on there on those little yeah. things, and I'm surprised they keep it. Like I think because you know we're all talking about the next day. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, get, wouldn't have mentioned that had he said Jamal Williams. You know, I don't know what college he went to. Wouldn't be talking about it. Oh no, no, I don't mind it. I'm just surprised how often they've left that stuff in. Like, because there's people who've said stuff about like happy birthday to so and so. You know, people that gave like some weird nickname to to their position or or the school they were at. Like all kinds of stuff has popped up on those things. Somebody else said they graduated from Barry Sanders University, but you know Detroit, so yeah, it's a cool shout out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It seemed like they like it because you know the next day uh, there's all like the, I that that uh, that intro was one of the lead stories on every site that even kind oh, of talks about football. Of course. Now, kind of sort of staying on the sports theme. How wild would it be if you were able to? Let's say go to a magic tournament, but also be in a nightclub. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to like slowly get our listeners to where we got to go with this because this this is not normal. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this beforehand, and you this is wild. Now we do have places that have play space and retail sales, and happen to have a bar attached. Right, we've seen the restaurant gaming store sort of thing or bar gaming store sort of thing. However, there's a new place in New York called Grit Boxing, I believe is the name I found on it. No vowels, one word, G-R-T-B-X-N-G. Don't know why, I guess you're just trying to be trendy. But this place, from everything I could find, is a full, I guess you would call it, gym workout club facility. Because there's people that are doing like aerobic stuff, and I think there's like a spin class and whatever. Just a couple of big rooms with exercising people doing exercises. But across the room (laughs) is a full-on bar. And the whole thing is done nightclub style with like neon lights and booming music. And, you know, bartenders pouring drinks down people's faces. Like, I... I, I just, I don't know. I didn't get it. I, I thought it was the weird, because don't be wrong. This is one of those businesses that's, I'm assuming, flash in the pan, make bank as much as you can for like two or three years while you're this weird spectacle and people are talking about you on socials and then do whatever the next crazy idea is, right? Because there's no way I, I would think this is sustainable outside of being a curiosity. But people are literally getting done with their workouts And then just being all sweaty and musty and whatever, going and I guess having conversations with other hot, sweaty, musty people over a drink. And I'm like, now. I sold. Where where do I sign up for this? (laughs) Now, I'll say this. Real benefit is you do get to see somebody in their most raw form, right? They're not like dressed up in their nice suit. She doesn't have her hair all done, whatever, right? Like you're, you're just getting people as they are. 
body funk and all, but like, um, I mean, yeah, trying to, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I was trying to rationalize what are the positives? Like, I was a 20 something, that's as good as anything I got. (laughs) Yeah, that was the best I could come up with because I'm like, if I, you know, let's say I'm 23, 24, like looking for a date or maybe whatever, a life partner or whatever the situation is. Is it a place I would a go? Slaughter, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if so, why would I pick that place? And that was all I could come up with. Cause I because I don't even know if they charge you like a, a cover like at a bar, or are they charging you like a monthly gym membership? And when the bouncer says, you know, like you, not you, I mean, is there a weight requirement? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I have so many questions I couldn't find. You're not getting in this club unless you pin me, bro. Yeah, like I don't like like you can't get in on Wednesdays unless you're coming to the spin class. Like I don't, I don't, I don't there's so many random things that like, I almost like next time if I'm in New York, I almost want to go check it out just because like, but there's the exactly why, why they're going to make money. Right. As a yeah. curiosity, you kind of just want to know. But after that, like, why would I go back? You know what I mean? So it, it's a credit to them. That is definitely a completely unique idea. And there is a big culture for, you know, especially right now, the whole new year, new me, people trying to work out, meet other people that are working out, get some workout buddies. Maybe at least for a while, they'll they'll make some good money. But yeah, really crazy thing I came across on socials and tried to dive in on it a little bit. But man, grip boxing, that is a, this, this is the stuff that I tell people, like real life is just better than fiction sometimes. Because right. if you if you wrote that into a TV show or whatever, people are like that's the dumbest thing. Nobody would ever have that. Like, <laughs> and then it actually exists. Yep. Like, oh man! All right, we're already running long, and we do have some good topics to talk about. So let's get into that. Hey, Brian, do you remember that thing we talked about? I don't know. I guess it was would be about eight or nine months ago called Hover. I do. You, I think you wanted Twitch to to try to get over there and, and at least talk about purchasing them or something. Yeah, exactly. I thought, hey, this is a great way because we talked many, many times about Twitch having no discoverability for creators. And Hover was like, hey, how about we let you load, load effectively short form content over here and then we will put it in front of people. And basically it was going to be like a gamer equivalent of, of TikTok or something, right? You get to watch all these favorite shorts and clips and stuff from your favorite creators. And if you like a certain game, maybe you find somebody else who makes content in that game, and boom, awesome. And then the flaw was one, from what I understand, at least publicly, there was no stories of them doing any real work with Twitch, which was probably their only real out. And they never really marketed to just the end user. It was a bunch of just like marketing to other creators, and you end up with just creators watching creators on the space, which doesn't do anything. So yeah, they shut down. And not only do they shut down, they virtually disappeared. Back on January 5th, everything went away. Like they like Discord was shut down, their social media was shut down, no Twitter replies, like everything just gone. App quit working. <laughs> like that's unfortunate. Yeah. So not even with like a hey, sorry, we tried, like we're out of money, just they just decided we're done. And that was it. Having worked a few places that shut down, that's sadly not that uncommon. Yeah. 
I mean, especially we, with the website for you got to maintain so many different things. And once you say, hey, <laughs> hey, well, we, we can't pay you to afford to maintain all these things that they can vanish fast. Yep. And I think that's what happened here. And and it's a shame, too, because I do think conceptually it was on the right track because we've talked about it before. Once you're not live on Twitch, nobody ever sees your stuff. Like you can have all the clips and loaded videos whenever you want, but unless it's a really loyal viewer already who maybe just wants to see something they miss because, I don't know, they were working while you were live or something, hardly anybody ever sees those. I mean, I've seen people that literally have tens of thousands of followers and talk to them about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I have a bunch of my stuff gets viewed maybe once or twice. So, like, nobody's seeing it when you're not live. But Hover was such a cool idea. Matter of fact, if Twitch wanted to steal that idea, it would still be a good idea. Or build it into your Twitch app, right? When you're maybe not watching somebody and you're looking for somebody. It's like, okay, cool. Let me flip through some of these clips and stuff and see if I find somebody interesting. And it'll show you who's live. And you're like, oh, cool. I can go watch that person, right? That'd be kind of neat. But now I think with the short stuff going to full monetization for YouTube starting next month, I think they're going to be trying to strong arm a lot of that. And since they already linked to their live streams... I mean, I feel like if Twitch is going to do it, they kind of got to get on it soon. Or it's just going to be a missed opportunity. Hell, I've already started to see people even trying to do more live streams on TikTok just because of discoverability. So, I don't know. But yeah, sad to see Hover just go away like that. Just out of the blue. And when we talked about earlier about having some closure, there was definitely none there. (laughs) Like, people woke up and were like, how come the app's not working? And then how come I can't get into their Discord? And was like, yeah, because it's all gone. It was literally just gone. You, you, It was there, I guess, to start the morning of the 5th. And then by the time the 6th hit, it was gone. <laughs> that was it. So hopefully all the people there find a job elsewhere. But we'll see right. if anybody else comes up with something like that. But that wasn't the only thing that got shut down in the last few weeks. Uh, Wizards of the Coast actually shut down some of their video game development projects mostly around D, oddly as it turns out yeah which especially considering uh the ceo just said the D is under monetized although i guess they figured with these projects it was going to continue to be under monetized because uh the the last D video game was a absolute train wreck yeah the best i could find is there were some small studios one out of montreal and one out of bellevue washington that i guess were heading up two concurrent D&D projects, which was a little weird because I think there's right now like four in development or something all at once. So that part's a little weird anyway, like why there's so many that I guess would have even had release. I mean, looking at the length of time, the releases probably would have been close to the same time as well or within that same year, which is kind of weird because we've talked about it before with something like Call of Duty where they kind of have alternating years, right? Yeah. And you just have a studio work on this for three or four years, and this one works on this for three or four years, and then your dates follow in line to keep you having a new game every year. But, yeah, I just thought it was strange, because I didn't realize how many were in development at once. That was kind of like the surprising part of the story for me. And, you know, like you said, they've mentioned being under-monetized, or that they are under-monetizing D&D. When we've also had a couple of shows recently, we talked about, but you can make all these things related to D&D we would all buy, right? Yeah. So it's it's a weird, weird situation 
overall. Well, they, they, I think it's just clear that they thought they had an idea because obviously, I, who wouldn't play a well done video game using Dungeons and Dragons lore? Lots of people would. That's just not what I believe is Dark Alliance, I think was the last one. That's not what it was. It took a character in a Drizzt Dern that apparently everybody loves and then just. I had crashed and burned hard. Yeah. And you know, another thing that's weird because we also know how long it takes to develop movies and scripts and get all that. Like yeah. we have a D and D movie coming out, I think in March, March yeah. or April. I will say that that actually looks good. Yes. But I'm saying we could have done a video game to align with the release of the movie with the movie characters and whatever. And that would have at least made sense. You know, yeah. like, that that's the part I'm missing. It's like if you have all these studios working on stuff and you knew you had a movie coming, why wouldn't you said like, hey, why don't we put y'all in touch with the studio? Y'all can use similar assets, try to get some still shots of the actors, blah blah, you know, and and have a movie or a video game come out around the same time. So you could release a video game a week or two before, have your movie launch, and maybe make more movie sales out of it or whatever. Who knows? Or maybe the other way around. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that was discussed ultimately because, you know, if you, if you do it that way, you do kind of need to get the uh, likenesses of Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez. Sometimes absolutely. that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's other ways we could be approaching things because I'm with you. Like, there's still a lot of room in the video game market. I, I don't think yeah. we've even come close to tapping that out. But I think at this point, they just like it's time to hire somebody else. Like, they probably do not need to be in the business of making video games and card games and you know we we hear there's gonna be a magic the gathering animated project coming at some point they i guess not been yeah no, nobody, has, no, nobody has definitively said it's dead i just haven't heard anything that resembles an update in quite a long time yeah the only thing i i last i heard was i guess there was new writers or something they were looking at or new scripts because the other thing that was, I guess, focused on Gideon did not get a uh, good feedback. And then after that, I don't know. So that's, and that's, you know, I heard from somebody who heard from somebody. So like, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else beyond that. that that's the most recent update I have. Definitely in terms of what the brand could be. I would agree with the CEO that's under monetized. It absolutely, oh, if you yeah. look at, if you look at what uh riot just did with arcane and how incredible, incredibly well done that was although now i think about this week you know they put out their league of Legends. did you see the, the riot trailer for the new league of legends season no i haven't seen it yet yeah it was really bad and then they're they, they're so bad they actually have effectively apologized for it damn <laughs> yeah it's really in comparison to, to usually their trailers are just phenomenal and if you hate league of legends it makes you want to temporarily want to <laughs> want to dive oh, in wait, there they launched that this morning uh it may i I don't remember what the dateline was on the last story I read, okay. but it, it's, I think it's been within the past 24 hours. Yeah, because there was an update because I was going to try to play Teamfight Tactics before I went to sleep last night, but there was some like update coming. So I was like, oh, OK, they're doing maintenance or whatever randomly on like a whatever it was a Tuesday night. So I'm like, fine. But yeah, that could have been part of it because the... they usually integrate those into the client. So that could have been yeah. part of it, too. Probably. I'm looking now to see exactly when that dropped. Yeah, Kotaku reported on it eight hours ago. So yeah. yeah, sometime within that time span. Probably. Next yeah. season is called Brink of Infinity for those who care. And it basically is just, you know, like a butterfly flying through something with narration. And again, in comparison to the K 
kind of, I mean, they, they, one year they created their own K-pop band, you know, and oh, yeah. had them out there rapping and singing. So this just, that's the thing. Once you start doing stuff like that, people expect you to keep that level of hype. Well, yeah, and well, we've seen it with Magic, right? Where people right. got that crazy Liliana, War of the Spark, yep. whatever promo. People are like, oh, this is crazy. And then the next two were pretty good, but then they weren't that. And people went like, oh, well, this sucks. You know, and it's like, well, no, it's still really good. You're just compared. You know what it is? It's, well, LeBron James ain't Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that whole thing. Like, yeah, but he's still really damn good, right? right. Like, trying to just discount him because he's not equal to your favorite thing. Off the top of my head, I don't remember the, what the last trailer for for Magic was. So I guess have they stopped doing those? No, like, they still do because I I remember seeing it briefly because it popped up on YouTube as one of okay. the recommended things. Just just same thing, I guess. Didn't quite. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, just, the the Liliana one probably has been the, the peak. Well, you know, trailers. I'm not even a huge anime fan, but the one they did for they had an anime studio do a trailer for for kamagawa and that was actually that one, i remember that one was really good yeah that one was pretty sweet honestly i would say and again not even being an anime fan i think that was better than and i know people are gonna fry me for this but i felt like that was better than the liliana one being even more appropriate for the setting the style like if i didn't know it was magic particularly it just looked like a really good anime intro it was really good yeah, and I'd have been like, "Oh, this anime looks kind of sweet," you know. Like, I might watch I, this. I would. I wouldn't fight you over saying over how good that one was because it was really good. Yeah, if people haven't seen it, you should go look it up. It is really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get the Liliana one. It was closing a story and it had a really big character moment and it had some cool, familiar music. So there's a lot of reasons I get people would like that one, like totally. But you know, we forget we had the one. What was it for? For uh, not it was it Eldrain that had the. Garrett coming in and the little uh, gingerbread people or whatever. That one was phenomenal. Yeah, that one was really good, too. But I think people still go back and compare it and go, like, ah, but it wasn't Liliana's thing. You know, it wasn't the World Spark trailer. I'm like, yeah, but it's still really good and memorable. And it was really Definitely. well animated. Right? So it's tough. So I get it. Like, if you've done something like Arcane, and like you're saying, you know, you did a whole J-pop tribute and all that, like... If your next thing is like a quarter of that, even though it's still yeah. better than ninety percent of the industry, it's not. It's going to be looked at pretty bad, and it sucks too because you look at Riot and go like, "Yeah, but y'all make all this money, so you don't even have an excuse." Is what people are going to say, right? I think what, what people are saying, like, "Yeah, y'all have just quit and you're working on Valorant now," is what they're being accused of, and you know, I mean, it's, it's hard maybe. to deny. <laughs> but they do also know where the money's made right now, still too. Yeah, like. Yeah, that, that's tough. I feel for them. I really do. But yeah, when you're when you're talking about canceling these different things, from my understanding, these were independent. One of them was an independent studio. I don't know for sure on the other one. I don't know if there's just like a working relationship with Wizards or if they're invested in them or what. And I don't, I didn't get the sense that they will not be working with those studios anymore. Just those particular projects got cut. So I don't I don't know what's going to come in the future or if they're changing directions for other games, but at least the stuff that was in process is is no longer with those couple of studios. But there are still two D and D games still being made, <laughs> so we'll still see those at some point in the near future. So I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but now we have something that's a little, you know, not really gaming related as much as societally related. We want to talk about in in the dinner table. And 
we talk a lot about how people are obviously treated differently for their background, for their skin color, for their sexual preference, whole variety of things. And people say, oh, that's not true. And you're over-exaggerating things. And it's like, eh, you know, even if we are sensationalizing even a little bit, there's enough examples we can point to to say, like, this isn't that uncommon either. And this past week we had one, and it, it rubbed me the wrong way. There was a guy who uh, was, I should say, because he is now past tense uh, in multiple ways, was a Utah police officer, I believe, former, and he was a family man. He, they were in the middle of a divorce. I believe he had already been served papers and the divorce was becoming close to final. And he decided to shoot himself and family. And the problem, I, that's already a bad situation, like terrible situation. But the problem I had with it was all the pictures attached were of this like loving guy and like showing pictures of the family all happy and whatever. When obviously things weren't good. You know what I mean? Like there was already yeah. a divorce happening. Also, but the narrative was so like, oh, but he's this really, you know, was a family man and all this. I'm like, how many times have we seen this happen? Hell, there's a meme that even goes around with like, this is what yep. they show whenever a white guy kills his family. Where Like the dude on the jet ski. With like right you know, with the family on the back or whatever. And I'm like, man, as much as this is a meme, it's totally not wrong. It absolutely is is happens all the time. And like I've even we've even I don't know if you've had the discussion, but we've talked about it before of like having certain pictures ready to go just in case something happens to you. Which is pretty pitiful to have to have that talk, but it's like, hey, yeah. if something happens to me or I'm in an accident, or whatever, like give them these pictures. Because they seem to, for whatever reason. If there's ever an accusation or an accident or anything, they find like the roughest picture for the black folks. Mm -hmm. Like, hell, we had a thing just recently. There was a there was a kid. This actually came up just yesterday. I saw the report. And I wish I remember what city it was. But there was a 13 year old kid who got shot. And yes, it was by a white dude. But, you know, just because we're talking about race in this instance, who shot this kid because he thought he was breaking into cars. Now, the messed up part is we put out all the information on the 13-year-old kid, who, by the way, was a minor, so I don't even know why that happened, but they're protecting the identity of the shooter. And I'm like, that's terrible. Why, why, why is this the way it is? Like, it, it's frustrating when you see that. So now you have this family who's already, according to other things I could find, already having to deal with people sending them angry grams and tacking people on socials and whatever. When the kid was even a minor, why was his name even out there if the family didn't put it out there? You know, and it's just like, when people say the system is, isn't that different and it's all the same and like, blah, blah. It's like, it's not <laughs> like, it's definitely yeah, I'll not. Speak to, you know, the, I guess the, the reporting side of it, there is, Sometimes so much focus on being first that we lose the focus on being correct. And I mean, just, just even talking about using factually correct, forget about culturally or politically correct. It was just, I mean, because you, you're trying to stay relevant in so many, especially in newspapers are getting worse and worse because, you know, you want to show that you, that, that you're, you are quite literally attempting to justify your reason to exist. But see, the bad part is, 
even in the instance of this kid being killed, you you don't like we're saying we're protecting the ID of of the shooter until there's more information or you know whatever trial happens, whatever. But yet we're already saying the other kid got shot for supposedly breaking into cars. Like we're already putting out allegedly he did these things and blah, whatever. When it's a minor, who's the victim? And by the way, I learned in one of my journalism seminars that, you know, they sprinkle allegedly on everything. If somebody decides to sue you saying allegedly instead of they did actually doesn't give you any legal shielding at all. Oh, I always assumed that was the case. Like I w- and I'm not gonna lie, a little bit was way- hoping for somebody to hit me with allegedly back when I was in Texas. I'm like, man, I want to put this to the test. Right? <laughs> like, never happened though. Fortunately, I had a lot of threats, by the way, for r- all kinds of random things. Like you name it. hell. Did I ever tell you there were people that actually believed my store is a front for me to be a drug dealer? Quan, you and <laughs> selling the dope, I tell you. That that actually is true. Like That's somebody that, that doesn't know you at all. <laughs> Somebody's, I've had people threaten that they were going to try to contact parents or whatever to tell them about things I'm doing with their kids or whatever. And I'm like, bruh, I have most of these kids' parents' names in my phone. You can call them now. Like, Especially for stuff like Magic Hack, the parents are often in there playing with the kids. Yes! Like, when you're 10 years old, how do you find out about magic unless some adult talks to you about it? But here, but I'll tell you what's crazy, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show, but like because of stuff like that, I couldn't do certain things to take care of people. Like when a when and I had parents who would leave kids late and come pick them up, even when it was cold, right? But it sucked because I couldn't keep the kids in the store waiting for their parents. So I would sit outside with them in the cold. Cause like you know what I mean? Like I, I can't. If already people are threatening stuff, I can't have it look bad. You know what I mean? So it's just like uh, there's a lot of those situations that came up that I'm like, I wanted to do a nice thing, and I had to look at the situation, and go like, I, I can't. Like I have to do the best I can within the parameters because I know there's somebody already targeting me, and they're just waiting for one thing that looks bad that they can hold on to, and I can't give them that one thing. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, but that was that. I wouldn't say like every day, but I would say at least monthly. Something would sometimes weekly, but at least monthly, something would come up, and I have to stop and go. "Ah, How could this look on optics on the outside? Even though there's nothing untoward going on anywhere, it's like I had to actually have that thought of. I know this knucklehead is waiting out there, waiting for a moment, right? If they can just see one thing. That's going to be the thing they hold on to. And I can't give it to them. Even though I know a bunch of people would probably come to my defense and whatever, and it'd be fine. Like I just, to not even have that hassle, I couldn't do it. That's sad. But it sucked because like I've told you before, we sponsored all types of different public events. We did stuff on different campuses. We did after school programs. Like, and I had to be so careful with every one of those things. Yeah. And there were days I'm just like, man, I wish I did like, you know, sometimes I had to get there extra early to do certain things or I had to make yep. sure certain people were with me or whatever. And it's just like it's an extra hassle just to do the nice thing because, you know, people are targeting you. Yeah. And like that's that. Well, that man, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. Like in hindsight. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> it didn't happen to me and I'm getting mad here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm feeling my like, you know, I'm getting up a little bit over here. Starting to get a little hyped. I got to slow down. 
but it's all right. We're at the end of the show. Why don't everybody they could find you on socials, dude? I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And as always, you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. And keep your eye out. I'm working on some fun projects, and we're coming up on a milestone that I'll probably start talking about in about 30 days. So there's a little teaser. But wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good nights. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. And most importantly, remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us at our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 